Hey, welcome to Gen X Voice. Nobody asked us, so let's get our voices heard. Written off years ago as the Slacker generation, we actually have brought a lot to the world behind the scenes. Now we need to bridge two opposing generations and make sure non-Karen voices are heard. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and I'm going to interview Gen Xers being rad and doing cool shit in the world. You can follow me at Gen X Voice on Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. Check out other podcasts, videos, and blogs at genxvoice.com. Even though the focus of this platform will be to celebrate Generation X, the goal is to interview as many people as possible from lots of generations, backgrounds, and experiences. Let's unpack some of our differences and attempt to discover what truly ties us all together. With so much division and pain in the world today, instead of shutting people down for their age or other features outside of their control, let's listen to these voices and discover common ground so we can come together and create a better world for all. I don't want to be an army one. Welcome to this episode. So in this episode, we're going to talk to Gail and Kevin, who I know from Springfield, Illinois, um, and how they came together from different backgrounds to create a safe environment for both of their children, one who um, has autism and the other who came to them at four years old as a little boy saying that they actually felt like being a little girl. And we're going to talk a little bit about how growing up in the 70s and 80s and coming from homes where their parents were both from the silent generation, how that affected their views on life and their own non-conforming ways. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Gail. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Hi, Trish. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Good. After technological um, issues, but good, but good. First of all, I want to say thank you guys so much for taking time out of your busy lives to do this. That's like so kind of you. I know you guys are like, yeah, trivia night tonight. Is that what I heard? And <laughs> just online, yeah. Oh, well, hey, it's just that's a, new normal. It's a family trivia night type of thing. So it's just yeah. something to do. Kids that's will awesome. enjoy it. That is really cool. So you, you do it with your family members from out of state? No. No, it's actually through um, Transparent USA, which is the um, support group that I run a chapter from. Oh, okay. What, what kind of support group? Um, it's for parents of transgender kids, and I facilitate the Springfield chapter, um, and it's a fairly nationwide group of um well, support groups. So they're mostly East and Midwest. They're starting to try to branch out. So if other people can want to open chapters in other areas, they will. So hopefully they'll be nationwide within the next few years. Oh, wow. That's really Mm -hmm. awesome. You know, I wasn't going to just jump right in, but (laughs) since you brought it up, um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you both is because you are the first family that I've ever met that had their toddler, their child come to them Mm -hmm. and say, I'm not going to be referred to as Julian anymore. You can call me Gracie. Right. Yeah. Um, She had just was, was in the midst of turning four when 
she declared herself. Um, and then she was fully transitioned by uh, a few months later, actually. So, and that was five and a half years ago. So, so when that, when your child came to you and said that, what was the first thing that you thought of? What are we going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> what, what do we do next? Yeah. What, what, what do we do with this information? Is this a phase? Is this, um, we were stunned, honestly, stunned. That's the best word I can think of. But you embraced yeah. this and, and went with it with Gracie. Right. Well, I mean, we wanted our kid to be happy and that's, that's all there was to it is, you know, she used to be quite pensive before that. And you could tell that something was bugging her and, and I'd say, well, what's wrong, buddy? And, and she'd say, you know, at the time he quote, um, would say nothing, but it was clear there was something bothering that child. And, and then it makes sense now, um, looking back and, now there's not that pensiveness there that stopped. So it seemed like at least in following you guys on Facebook and your journey with this, which I think was such a beautiful thing that you guys did. um, What a brightness and and a joy that that child had on her her face. Um, You also have another child, Gavin. Yes. Um, and, and how old was Gavin when Grace came to you guys with this life change? Seven. Seven. Yeah. How was the transition for him as a sibling? He was the first one to, to just say, this is my sister. He was just, I mean, there was no question for him. It was just. It just made sense to him. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. G- Gavin, uh, my sister now. he likes to think in, you know, black and white, right or wrong, right. left or right. So he's like, okay. Yeah, he just, cool. at, at first, he he kind of made jokes about it. Like, well, this is my sister, but she used to be a boy. And I'm like, I have to say, no, you can't say that. And so then he stopped. And, yeah, he started introducing her within weeks, saying this is my sister. So it was like nothing to him to just accept, Oh, this is how it is. So it almost sounds like it was easier for him to accept than for you two. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very much so. He yeah, didn't, we, he didn't really bat an eye. Aside from the initial shock, we just wanted to make sure that we were doing the right thing for, uh, uh, we want to make sure we were doing the right thing for, uh, for Gracie. Kevin's work phone's going off and he's trying to get it to stop. I just put my work phone in the <laughs> oven. just put it in the oven so we wouldn't hear it beep anymore. Oh nope, nope. Note to self, don't turn oven on. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I don't know why my work phone started going crazy like that. Anyway, yeah, we just... We, you know, we just wanted to make sure that, you know, aside from the initial shock that we were... Um, making sure that we weren't overreacting to anything. Mm-hmm. And um, we had some friends of ours that had a uh, child uh, transition um, several years before. Yeah, like three or four years And before. so we kind of knew it's, uh, we'd already had a discussion with them about, you know, some of that stuff. And we knew that, you know, there was a mental health thing involved and um, we're always, you know, obviously we're pretty open um, to, you know, different people's, you know, 
way of living and but, yeah we've been pretty open-minded anyway I mean, so but, but, but we knew the caveats and we i didn't you know see any uh reason to overreact and say well you know oh you you can't do that and you're gonna get punished because you want to wear a dress or whatever it's like never have been enough, no matter what <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's you know, if the kid if the kid wants to do something, there's obviously something underlying there, and we always our style of parenting is, you know, not everybody's style of parenting. We we go, hey, you know, we're really pragmatic about stuff. Well, what's the bad part about staying up past eight o'clock? You know, my dad let us stay up all night and took us out to Denny's in the middle of the night for fried chicken and. <laughs> So like, I turned out okay. My parents, my parents let me watch, you know, horror movies when I was a kid. Now I'm not as lenient as my parents were with that, but still, I mean, I turned out all right, right? I mean, I know a lot of people use that as an example, you know, like as an excuse for like, you know, spanking your children and stuff like that. I, I got beat and I turned out okay. And it's like, no, that's not quite the same thing. Um, right. There, so, are, there are levels to that. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, she, before she transitioned, it, like I said, it, we were stunned, but yet there were clues all along. Like, I mean, she had pink bedding, sparkly pink boots, and pink backpack, and all these things that... We were puzzled by it first. Well, we, we like, just well, let her have it. Where's this going? Or him, quote him. We just let him have whatever he wanted. That's what his preferences were. And far be it from us to squash those ideas and and expressions. And But, yeah, we were still stunned when the words came out of her mouth. I am a girl. <laughs> so, so, do you guys think that the societal restrictions that we put on gender expression is different than and and rebelling against that is different than truly feeling like a different gender do you know what I mean so like for me I never wanted to be a little girl I was a tomboy what they Uh used to call tomboy right needed puberty I wore my training bra 24 7 to hinder the growth of my breasts uh-huh. um, and and I wonder if that is the same what do you guys think well it, it's it's a matter of less about preferences and more about identity um, and of course these are things that we have learned and gleaned in this time um, so one can have a preference to what's typically masculine appearance and clothing and toys and things like that, but not feel like when, you know, say in your class and you have to line up with the boys and the girls, if, you know, how you appear and how you present yourself is not which group you wish to be associated with and which one you feel you like you identify with. And then of course, then, you know, that's opening it up to people who don't identify with either or with both. But um, for, for this scenario, did you ever feel like you belonged more with the boys? Well, yeah, but as I, as I grew older, I was able to embrace the masculine parts of femininity or mm-hmm. being a woman and so kind of worked with it. But I always wonder if I had parents like you, 
because my mom used to buy me Transformers and G.I. Joes and, sure. and really was cool about, you know, trans transgenderal, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, um, fluid toys. So, but at one point I actually separated my bedroom into a girl side and a boy side That's and had cool. an imaginary brother and everything. So the, the fact that, that your child at four was actually like, no, this is, this is not like, I want to play with girls things. This is my identity. This is, is who I am. Really, really fascinating. And, and it sounds like a lot different than me just wanting to like be a boy, but play, but be a girl too, and play with both toys and be accepted in both groups. And these days, there's a word for that. It's gender fluid. You, you know, right. some days you feel like one, some days you feel like others, you're in between or, and, you know, and, and just, you know, there's, of course, there's labels for everything now and gender nonconforming. And, um, you know, even I had what's called gender nonconforming behaviors as a child. I, you know, climb trees. I play with bugs. I um, play with cars, but I knew, and I felt like a girl and I never, I mean, I grew up with 12 brothers. And so I had no interest whatsoever in being a boy, but I wanted to do everything. Brothers. They were good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I, knew, I, think the, I knew that at one point, but it's still like, a remarkable thing to hear. Yeah. It's, uh, do it's you, weird. Do you feel that um, had your child come to you or to your parents? Let's let's say that you weren't their parents, that, that your your parents, Kevin Gale's parents, mm-hmm. had um, Gracie come up and and present that information in the in the seventies. Do you think the same? <laughs> oh, you had a giggle. So, what, what does that make you think? I, my parents would have been like, no, no, you're a boy. You, you're your parents live. would have been like, yeah, that's too much trouble. Yeah, but true. <laughs> my, my mom would have been like, I'm not buying you new, new clothes. You're going to wear your brother's clothes. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Well, and do you think that just your style, that, you know, harking back to earlier that you said you, you both have lived sort of a more alternative life. You have more um, open ideas to the way the world could be better. Um, do you feel like just, just creating an environment that allowed for Gracie to feel comfortable enough to come to you and present this was so different than what you guys grew up in. Like, even if you felt those right. feelings, you wouldn't have been able to approach them. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. totally. Being- I mean, the, the reason I'm, I mean, you know, we could go on and on about this for two hours and we'll try, have to truncate it. But the, uh, the reason a lot of kids don't, you know, they have these feelings, but they wait until they're, you know, 18 or 55 to even address them mm-hmm. is because there's this underlying, there's these little signs. Kids pick up on approval cues from their parents pretty quickly. Uh, and if they think that, you know, their parents' love is in jeopardy ba- based on how they act or what they do, um, it's, you know, they're not even going to, address it. They're not even going to bring it up because they're mm-hmm. just going to think, well, it's not, it's not enough for me to squash their feelings. make a big deal about. So, you know, but Gracie, to her credit, I mean, we can't take any of the credit for this. It's, it's all up to her, uh, to, um, basically kind of lead the way. And she's really, she's really confident. 
Um, and uh, stubborn, maybe, I guess. It's a good term. But it seems like there's more Gen X parents. Because you and Gail, how old are you both? Uh, I'm 49 and Gail's 40-something. Eight. So, so right, right smack in the middle of Gen X. There's no, oh, we might be Zennials. Oh, I don't know what. You no. guys are, you're Gen X 100% through and through. It seems like there's more Gen X parents who have embraced, I'm thinking about Will Smith and, and, and Jada Pickett, who have also encouraged gender fluidity within their children. What do you think that is? Why, why do you think Gen X is the generation that's become more about embracing children and their identities and sexuality? Well, I think it's just the time period. I don't even know if it's necessarily Gen X. It's just the way, you know, it's, it's um, just correlation does not even yeah. cause I mean, to take think of a lot of the, 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 the culture that we absorbed in the, in the late 80s and early 90s. There was a lot more push for uh, you know, equality and uh, yeah, gender treating. revolution, and then the you know gay revolution yeah. really started taking an uptick during that time period, and we yeah. just happened to be yeah, yeah, and we just happened to be in the right place at the right time, being um, you know that was all happening during our formative years, so we in, yeah. we absorbed that, yeah. and I think it really um, formed our outlook on things of course yeah. not everybody I mean, you know and the thing is too I mean, we're we're you know we grew up during the the aids epidemic which brought right. you know alternative lifestyles if you lifestyles want to say to, to, the, to, to the forefront it was a, it made it a discussion mm-hmm. right yeah definitely i mean i was i was in school in in the midwest actually um in illinois when ryan white's situation came to to be and our school in Belleville was actually one of the schools that his family was was contemplating having him go to and I remember seeing the auditorium um, learning about AIDS and and how it was transmitted and hearing the word transfusion and hemophiliac and words like that at you know 11 years old um, so yeah that we were we were definitely um, exposed to this sort of different world um, much more intensely, especially us in Illinois um, or in the Midwest in general than, than say our parents were. Right. Well, and then the whole Ryan, I mean, Ryan White's from Indiana and so am I. And so that was just like huge in the news. We talked about it at school. I was in high school. Yeah, that's okay. Because um, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, um, but it was it was just in the forefront of the news all the time. We talked about it because I was in high school at the time, and um, it was a it was just a big discussion, and so everybody was aware. And um, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, yeah. And and maybe for the listeners who don't know, um, and since you were a little bit older than me, what, what was the, the the story with Brian White? Um, he had hemophilia and he got AIDS from a blood transfusion. Um, so, and he was just like a kid, like 12, 13. And there was a huge, um, I can't even remember what it was about. I don't know if his parents were suing 
the hospital or he just needed a lot of help. They, he was basically quite literally the poster child for AIDS at that point. And then uh, AIDS not being just a gay. Right. That's that. I think that was what it, what the big deal was is everybody considered AIDS to be a gay man's disease. And at that point it ceased to be a gay man's disease. And it was a disease that affected any, could affect anyone. Um, right. You know, Elton John got involved with supporting him. And, and Michael Jackson did. And yeah. And, and the scary thing was, I mean, Ryan White was, was, would be our age at this point. Right. You know, so he was, he was a kid, you know, like he was, he was born the year I was born in. Oh yeah. 1971. Yeah. yeah Kokomo, Indiana. Um, and then yeah. Indianapolis, he died in Indianapolis in the children's hospital. So do you remember how old he was when he died? What does that say? Uh, he uh, died in 1990, from what I'm reading. 19. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> he was, 19. He was 19. Google? Not even 19. He was 18. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that whole culture, I mean, uh, all these things just came to the forefront. And we're, you know, we're, we want our kids to be happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, require them to be uh, exactly the same as all the other kids. And not that we are trying to make them different, but. We want them to be comfortable being who they are. We don't really um, have a choice. Exactly. exactly. I mean, yeah. We just allow them to be who they are. You know, Gavin's got autism, and and we just allow him to be who he is, and we don't try to make him conform. We never made Gracie try to conform. I never wanted to conform, even though I did. I was a good kid, and I followed the rules, and um, but I grew up to be someone who didn't want to conform. I think once I got out of my parents' house, maybe. Yeah, that's probably it. 80s parenting. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And so are your parents um, baby boomers or are they part of the silent generation? Silent. They're not baby boomers. My parents were born in the 30s, uh, early 30s. Yeah, my 19, too. 1931, 1932. Um, so that was way before baby boomers. Well, right. and then my parents were parenting children long before I came along. So their parenting style was actually from the 1950s. <laughs> right. Because they yeah. started in 54. So but technically you guys were raised more like boomers were raised because of who your parents, you shared the same parents. Um, but but society was so different. Mm-hmm. Kevin's Kevin's mom and dad were a little bit younger than mine, but yet they start they had children later, and they had more of a hippie mentality than my parents. Did. A little more, yeah. I, I don't know as much as you can in the Midwest yeah. <laughs> in the 1970s. Right, right. Well, I mean, she would take the the boys, he and his brother, on vacations camping. Around in the late seventies, yeah, just, just cross country trips with a pickup truck, and it to me when I was a kid is like that didn't seem like a big deal. My now parents. it doesn't seem like a big deal, but uh, a woman by herself taking two kids uh, in a pickup truck across country with the cash that she's got and no cell phone. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That's crazy. Right. I came to find out yeah. later she. Uh, she had a handgun in the uh, back of the truck in case things got hairy. It's like, oh, my God. Woman. Whereas my dad wouldn't go anywhere without a hotel. <laughs> and I grew, up like, I grew up that way. Like, we didn't go anywhere unless we were in a hotel. There was there was no camping. There was no none of that. Yeah. 
Very. So how did, how did two people like you with such different experiences within, you know, being raised, mm-hmm. how in the world did your lives come together and then to be, to create this amazing unity of parenting. My hat goes off to you guys because well, thanks, Trish. Oh my gosh, you guys are superheroes. <laughs> having a child with autism, having a child who has proclaimed a different gender. These are not small things and could break marriages. So how do yeah. you, how did you guys come together and unite like this? I think we're just both weird. Love. <laughs> That's probably why you're my friend. <laughs> we we connected via music yeah he was a musician and i was a fan of music so yeah (laughs) was this enamel yeah well no No, it was a enamel it was a a a little laughing boy jazz rock uh trio that was you know really weird quirky and silly and yep but um artsy funky kind of yeah. Kevin played the trumpet and played guitar and sang. And so, and, and, yeah. you, and you guys met at a show in Indiana or were you like a pretty much right on the border? It was, of right Indiana. The border. It, was it was a one-time thing. We, I, I played a, a show in an all ages club doing a favor for the guy that owned the place. And Gail was doing a favor for the guy that, the guy owned, the that owned the place by showing up, by showing up. <laughs> And we, we saw each other and I was like, I got to get to know that girl. And And so I thought he's cute for a guy with short hair. Yeah. (laughs) It was not the case anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I convinced him to grow it out again. So yeah, we, we exchanged numbers and found out we lived like three hours away from each other, but that didn't stop it. It didn't stop us. Yeah. I liked him. I liked him a lot. So sometimes having uh, deadlines and uh, a little, uh, you know, things like, uh, well, if you guys don't uh, say hi to each other tonight, you'll probably never will. So you better get going. It took you three days to call me, though. And I, was, I was like, what took She's you still so bitter long? about that. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> First thing I said when I picked up the phone was, what took you so long? <laughs> oh, wow. So, so here you guys are together from these different backgrounds. How did you, how did you find that common ground to... Well, I guess you guys said it. You're both weirdos. So it was really just that easy. You're just like, yeah, this, I come from this world, but I'm different. And I come from this world and I'm different. And so it just worked. Well, I mean, you guys have been together for how many years? Tw- since 97. 23. 23 years. Yeah. Well, this will be our 20th anniversary. Our wedding anniversary will be in November 20th. Yeah. Congratulations. That's Thank so neat. Yeah. So, and your oldest, how old is Gavin, Gavin now? 13. 13. So you yeah. guys actually were together for seven years before you even embarked on parenthood. Um, yeah, we, we, as a, as a, a former friend, I mean, we still friends with them, but don't hang around them anymore. Um, it was a, a band member of Kevin's at the time. His wife said, we're not done being selfish yet. And I realized that that was our situation too. We weren't done being selfish yet. And um, once we were, then we were, hundred percent all about the kids. And I think because we had that time to just be crazy and wild Weird. and silly and travel. And, and I mean, that, we still travel in that but. mode yet of, Oh, sorry guys. We can't, we got kids. Sorry. We, you know, yeah. We, we were the party palace. And, and does that, is that selfish? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, th- we were the place that had the parties. We had like three or four huge bashes a year. 
um, <laughs> until I got pregnant and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Sorry guys. But <laughs> People still ask us, are you guys going to have a party this year? It's like, we haven't had a party since Gavin was like conceived. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of literally. <laughs> well, I'm really fascinated about the fact that, you know, there, there's such a stereotype about the Midwest, right? That like, mm-hmm. They're so conservative and, you know, the opposite of woke. But you guys have found such an amazing support group um, within Springfield, Illinois, having a a, a child who's transgender identified and um, and also a a child who has autism. Um, Is it surprising to you guys or is this? Oh, it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, when it was just the two of us, I would beg him to move somewhere else. I hated Springfield. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I certain, I just absolutely loathed Springfield for many years after we moved here and I really wanted to move. Um, then we had kids and then we were kind of set, but then we thought we would move back to Indiana and be around my family. And then that never happened. Um, and which I'm glad because Pence became governor after that. Um, then my parents, my parents, I wanted to move back before my parents passed away. And then that came and went. And now we have absolutely no interest of ever moving back to Indiana. Um, and we have a nice little pocket here and, and it's not so much for Gavin, because there are other places that are better for kids with autism than, than Springfield, um, which is why I homeschool him. Not to say the schools are bad. They just seems like they just don't get it. But Gracie is just so accepted and things are so good for her. And, and they were from the start, the Springfield school district just embraced her and tried to make her safe and, accommodated and we've never once had an issue with any school. Of course, she's only been to two, but with any teacher it's, and so we're safe, we're safe here. And it's a great little pocket. And Mm -hmm. we do recommend that anyone who has transgender children come here to this district. Um, And because it's just been so good for us Mm -hmm. and for her. And we know that, um, if we did ever have any issues, the school would, would nip it in the bud, which they did the one time there was an issue. Um, and, um, I mean, even the superintendent, when Gracie was in preschool, she's like, where's she going to go to kindergarten? And I was like, I don't know. I'm scared of that. And she's like, well, let me think about it. And she called me a couple months later and she's like, I think it should be the school. And we had already been thinking about that mm-hmm. and pretty much decided that school too. So that just um, solidified that idea. But it was just the fact that the superintendent was so concerned about where our transgender child would go to school because she wanted her to have the best opportunity and accommodation and acceptance that she could get. That just made me feel really special. I don't even know if she remembers us. But no, I, don't. <laughs> I mean, it's been five but years. Yeah, sometimes you find you're in a safe place, you know, it, it, uh, it's, it's a, it's a recent mistake. I mean, even if you think, Oh, I want to move there. You think, Oh, but what if things are not as good as they are here? Yeah. So any, any flaws that Springfield has, which Springfield's way better than it used to be. I think you'd enjoy it now. Um, 
I definitely enjoyed it when I came last year when I saw you guys. Um, I was, I was like, wow, this is, I, I almost considered moving back actually, because that, you know, the downtown scene still echoes what I gravitated, what was my crutch for living there, moving from New York city. Um, that, that vibrant is still, vibrancy is still there. Now, I don't know how COVID's affected downtown. I've heard that some businesses have, have closed, unfortunately, and moved. A few of them. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, some are thriving also. If, oh, that's like, so good to hear. If a restaurant or a bar has offered outside seating, it thrived because they took that opportunity to take advantage of um, a way to get their customer base. Um, some of them did close, unfortunately, but they were probably not that popular in the first place. Yeah. Is my thought. So if you guys could give advice to anyone who has, um, has a child that is, um, has come to them with this, you know, I have this identity inside of me instead. Um, I mean, would you recommend them reaching out to the superintendent or was this just such an organic thing that occurred um, in your experience? It was definitely organic. Um, Gracie went to preschool and at her preschool, the, the, um, I went and I talked to the principal and the principal said, well, the superintendent had already had me give a seminar to administrators um, on how to accept transgender children because they're truly the most vulnerable students uh, that we have. And this was before the superintendent even knew about Gracie. Um, the principal did, of course. Um, and then, so I said, well, I want to thank her personally for, for being open um, and accepting of trans kids and trying to make them feel safe and accommodated. And so one day she was in the building and the principal said, hey, she's in the building today. And so I had grabbed Gracie. I went over to the superintendent. I said, I want to introduce myself and my daughter. And that's when she asked me about the kindergarten. And it just went from there. And yeah, so it was very organic. And if I'd never taken that step to thank her in person for being um, open and accepting of trans kids, then I don't we may not be where we are today. Yeah, the first the first couple of steps uh, is is the most difficult because you you want to you want as parents you want to make sure that you're going in the right direction, um, and you know there's also this fear of you know is my what am I doing going to be uh, harming this child um, or you know helping them you know that's what, I mean that's what we do as parents all the time though. Mm-hmm. But but as far as advice. Like the, because I, I facilitate the parent group, the support group, um, and my advice to all new parents, and I don't get too very involved in their lives um, and tell them what to do or stuff like that. But I, I say follow your child's lead, and just always follow their lead on this. Don't tell them what to do. Don't force them into anything, just let them be who they are. If they say, I feel this way today. Okay, great. You feel this way today. Give them all the um, opportunities and the resources to, to be who they are. And then just let them lead. And I mean, granted when it's the kids a little, you know, you do have to take some, some, um, uh, 
power there. Over, mm-hmm. That's not the word I was looking for, but you know what I mean? Um, Some initiative. Yeah. So, um, and then beyond that, as far as advocating for your own kid, I tell parents, especially in schools, if they're afraid that the new teacher's not going to um, accept them or they're afraid the new school's not going to accept them, you make a meeting with a principal and you say, this is what we expect. And not to say, what are you going to Here, Here's my trans child. What are you going to do? Don't open that door. Don't allow them to make choices that don't agree with what you want. You go in and you make demands kindly, but you make the demands and say, like, even with Gracie's and when she was in preschool and I met with the principal, I met with her to say, Gracie is a girl now. She goes by Gracie. She's going to use the girl's bathroom. This is what we want. This is what she wants. And this is what we expect. And I never got any grief course I wouldn't have but um because of the way the views they already had in the first place but we did that with her current school never got any grief and still haven't and so when she goes to middle school I'm gonna do the same thing and high school I'm gonna do the same thing there's a there's a lot of parents that are afraid to to be that bold and stand up and just accept what the school says as far as oh well your child needs to use the all gender bathroom in the nurse's office and things like that and it's like if that's not what the kid wants then then don't just accept that yeah well and us, that's my advice for us them. being being part of gen x as well is has really we, we are very fortunate in this age uh you know to be addressing this Honestly, like a lot of Gen Xers, they probably started being, having kids uh, 10 years ago. Uh, or not sorry, 10 years, but 10 years before we did. So 20 years ago. Yeah, because we are You know, we've got several, you know, friends of ours that have got kids that are, you know, in their 20s now. Right. Um, well, so, but I also have friends that have kids that are six. Yeah. Right. So, and I think that's another thing is our, our generation is really, uh, we've had, you know, some of us have started had kids in our early 20s. You know, and we're probably one of the first generations that don't feel like the sky's going to fall if we start having kids when we're in our uh, mid to late 30s, right? As we did, which mm-hmm. is refreshing though, because you know, you were 36 when Gavin was born. You were 36, and I was almost 35. Yeah. So we did start late, and I think that does also help with maybe our outlook because we were grown adults and we're not. We're no longer under our parents' thumb, and we made our decisions. And I know a lot of young parents are still worried about what other people think. And at that point in my life, I didn't care what anybody else thought, and I certainly don't care now. Um, but yeah, but anyway, that's that's my advice for parents. I think that's terrific um, advice. Is there like a um, a group, a Facebook group or a website or an, like a national hotline or something that you could share with our listeners if they, um, whether or not they're in Springfield, if, if there's any support in Springfield or anywhere else that you could share? Yeah. If you, if, or they, they go to transparentusa altogether.org, transparentusa.org. They can find um, a chapter hopefully near them. If they can't, they can reach out to that group to find potentially other resources. And they could also just do a search for support groups in my town 
Um, but the Transparent USA also has a lot of links to resources. Um, and it's imperative, in my opinion, for a parent who's who has a newly transitioning child or even just a questioning child to seek out those resources to find information so that they know they're not, so that they're not in the dark. There's so many parents that start this journey thinking that they're the only ones like we did. We thought we were the only ones. We just were the only ones in town that had the youngest one that we know of. Um, but we weren't the only ones. And so, you know, uh, here at the Phoenix Center um, in Springfield, started this parent group for us and still going that's so great to hear yes it is i'm on the board of directors now um wow yeah so and then that's where i hold our group um phoenix center started it and then i turned it into a chapter of transparent usa so that we could get a better network and more resources and and more insight like if a parent were to come to me and say i don't know what to do with this and none of us parents have dealt with that situation before i can reach out to this whole network of parents who have dealt with that situation and then i can give um good advice and it's, it's just um i feel really good about it it makes me feel happy to be able to help other parents through this that's a terrific gift to give well guys now we've reached the rapid fire part of the podcast so we need you to answer these as quickly as you can and okay. you take turns answering. What is your favorite memory from childhood? Uh, I think my favorite memory is hanging out at grandma's house. Nice. You know, that's, awesome. that's something that, uh, you know, I mean, just, she was, she was a great person. I and Yeah. And, you know, you just felt so at ease, uh, just, just hanging out at grandma's house and playing with your cousins and, you know, just being a kid. Awesome. How about you, Gail? I don't know. Um, just, I, I don't know. I can't. I, as an adult, I've realized that my childhood's not that happy. So um, being playing by myself, solitude, having a house full of people, solitude was hard to come by. And that was usually playing out in the dirt. <laughs> With your cars. Uh, or bugs. <laughs> or bugs. Oh, that's right. Bugs, too. Bugs. Okay, what is your favorite 80s band or song? Oh, favorite oh, 80s This could band. take Gail five hours. I love Tears for Fears. When I was a kid, Duran Duran was where it was at. Um, I mean, I just love 80s music in general. I'm just, like, still a huge fan of 80s New Wave. Oh, my God. I could listen to it all day, every day, really. Yeah, me, I uh, Metallica, definitely. That's late 80s. That's the 80s. Did okay, we say whatever. 80s? Yeah, you did say I said 80s. 80s, so it doesn't matter. You did. Um, what about your favorite um, music as a teen? That was 80s. <laughs> because yeah. we were teenagers we were in the teenagers. 80s. I graduated in 1989. So, yeah. 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 So even, even at um, 18, 19 years old, you guys were still in the heart of the 80s. Yeah. Oh yeah, but by that age, I was more into like um, hair metal, yeah, 
And I think both, like once we got into our twenties, both of us were big grunge fans. You was, know, the, oh yeah, it was a natural progression from the hair bands to the grunge. Yeah, band. yeah. I mean, in yeah. high school, I, I was a big fan of Death Letter. I, I think that whole the whole grunge era that goes back to another. You know, that was a whole period of social acceptance and you know just uh, just a lot of advancements in, in accepting people for who they are and and you know like addressing mental illness as, as you know something to be dealt with and it's okay to feel feel down yeah and what about your favorite 80s uh, um, sorry movie mine I would have to say is aliens aliens, yes. aliens. so not the aliens. first one the second one the second one yeah, it's my favorite eighties because the first one came out in the seventies. Second that's one, true. Uh, that's yeah, I was all about that. My art class, I made a big mm-hmm. aliens poster that was my own design. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, in the eighties, I was big in the horror movies, so uh, that was like my Stephen King movies. Stephen yeah. King. Do you have a favorite one, Gail? Of Stephen King, or just a horror movie in general? Eighties uh, movie. A, a horror eighties oh. movie. The thing. Ooh. The thing was my favorite, even though it was horrifying. I mean, the like thing. seriously. I never saw that one. Oh, John, John, Russell? Come John on, Carpenter's man. The Thing. That oh my was, god, I'm gonna have to look that up because I love both uh, of those guys. That's a, that's a John Carpenter must watch. That's, yeah. Oh my god, I mean, I'll, I'll probably start watching it and be like, I've watched this, baby. Um, I feel like I've seen every '80s horror slasher film, but um, mm-hmm. did you guys go to college? And if if you did, why? And if you did not, why not? Gail, you first. I went to college for a year, um, and then I dropped out because of pressures, parental pressures, and school pressures. Of I want, I was going to school for biology. I was going to be a biologist, um, but midway through my freshman year, I decided I wanted to um, change to the School of Liberal Liberal Arts instead of the School of Science. Um, I wanted to go into English and um, editing and things like that. And my parents told me I couldn't. My counselor told me I couldn't, which it was not a matter of physically couldn't. It's you can't because you shouldn't. And so I felt like I had no control over my own life, so I dropped out. Kevin, what about you? Oh, college education. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I moved down to Springfield right after my dad died in 89, and so just went to Lincoln Land, went to the community college, and I, I, I went to school for music uh, music theory because I was wanted to figure out what music was all about, and um, then I didn't know what the heck to do with my associate's degree so i just kind of did other you stuff use it in your personal yeah you know and my mom encouraged me to go to go to college and i did and, and uh you know yeah yeah so if you guys could have someone from a different generation sit in front of you and you could give them a piece one piece of advice this could be someone older than you younger than you same age as you um, either to get through the dark times or just life advice in general. Kevin, what would you tell them? That's a great question. Um, Thank you. <laughs> man, that's pretty deep. I mean, uh, what generation would I talk to? Yeah, I mean, what 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 generation would I speak to? I don't know. You know, uh, you know, love your family members for who they are. Um, 
and, you know, just, just always, whether it's your kids, whether it's your parents, you know, always tell them how you feel and be honest with them. Uh, you're, you know, cause you never know if they're going to be gone, you know, Oh, that's true. That, you know, I mean, always, you know, it's like Gail and I always, you know, say goodbye to each other every day. You know, mm-hmm. I always tell my kids I love them. I told my mom I love her and, you know, and my brother and sister, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I, I love them because it's like, like you, that. yeah, because you never know that today could be the last day. I grew up in a family that has uh, very, that did not talk about emotions and stuff. And yet I grew up to be a person who's very, you know, wear my heart on my sleeve. And, and so I still said, would say, I love you, even if I didn't hear back. Yeah. Even if I didn't hear back, but, um, my advice to anybody would be, don't worry about what other people think. Be yourself no matter what, just don't put any stock in what other people think, because who are they to say, who are they to judge? You guys are so awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to do this with me today. You're awesome too, Trish. Yeah. I love you too, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army.